Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And welcome in to the first edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast for this week. We're recording this on Monday, and with me to my left here is Matt Sells at The Salesman on Twitter. I'm obviously Colby Conway at Colby R. Conway on Twitter. But Matt, I am glad to be talking back with you here in my in my normal recording confines and not a hotel room in Indianapolis. I'm fortunate that the Wi-Fi held up last time. I know we had some concerns how it would handle with me on the 10th floor of uh that hotel in indianapolis but how are you doing my friend i'm doing pretty well doing pretty well coming off a a pretty good nascar race on sunday at nashville um that was a fun fun race and now we're back to the grind in baseball right it was a wild series in cores this weekend uh in case anybody missed it the angels decided to post 25 runs on Saturday night and beat the Rockies 25 to one, except the Rockies won the series and got outscored by 20 runs. So that's, that's always fun. And those of you who played Shohei on Saturday uh, were bitterly disappointed because he went one for seven and a 25 run output by the angels. It, it, it's, it seems like one of those things where I know like I'll do the prize picks video here for fantasy alarm. It'll be those times where I get the offense, right? I know it's going to be a big day from Atlanta Everybody on the team has a hit, and then I play Acuna that day, who goes over. Yep, and Just, Eli De La Cruz had a had a cycle and made it getting a triple look real easy. It was <laughs> the weekend baseball action was fun between cores that electric series with Cincinnati and Atlanta, which we were right. Cincinnati was not coming out of there unscathed in terms mm-hmm. of the wins, and then to fill in your major league baseball action, we had a riveting series with LSU uh, and. Florida. Wake Forest. Well, before that, Wake Forest. Yeah. That was over the weekend. Right. Um, but then game one of the World Series went 11 yeah. innings. So LSU played back-to-back 11-inning games. So we were – that was Sunday. Or that was Saturday night. No. Yeah, first game of the Florida LSU was Saturday night, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think it was because we were on a flight. Um, and – I guess on American Airlines, you can download that like in-app entertainment or whatever it is. I just pop on Spotify and I just, you know, kind of, I'm trying, I'm trying to sleep. You know what I mean? I'm not yep. trying to stay awake and watch something, but I guess my wife was able to watch the game ready for this. So she, we were on the flight in the airport. She was watching it a little bit. We got on the flight. We had a little bit of a delay. We were taxing on the runway because we were waiting for our gate. And then we had to run to the next gate. That's a whole separate story, but typical airline stuff, you know what right. I'm talking about? So she got to watch the whole game, we got off the plane, had to run to the flight, 
we finally got to the gate about five minutes before the gate closed. And then I got the alert that uh, I believe it was, did Florida walk it off? I, I think so. Whoever walked it off in the first one. So she watched all of the, the previous eight or nine, 10 innings leading up to it just to miss the ending for me to go in line. Hey, the, uh, she was like, yeah, I watched the game. And I was like, well, you missed the ending. So, you know, I hope the first 10 innings were awesome, but that is just, that is just typical airline stuff. You never get to finish what you want there, but always a good time. But Matt, we talked a few days ago, we got to jump into it here. So rundown of today. So in this action packed 30 minutes, a couple of big storylines we're going to talk about in major league baseball. We're going to talk about some injuries that we've seen. Of course it's Monday. So we do flavor of the week and everyone's favorite game show name that player to round it out. But Matt, we got to start. We're going to talk about a couple youngsters here. The Marlins have a very, very interesting decision on Yuri Perez. We talked about it a little bit before the show, but it sounds like they are going to skip a start for him and basically put him on a pause leading up to and around the all-star break here. Yuri's thrown 77 and 78 innings in previous seasons in the minors and between the minors and majors this year, he's already at that number. So with a young arm like him, can't even go into a bar and have a drink yet. How, how far are they going to push him past his innings limit? And what, what do you think happens? Like one thing I kind of theorized, I have no clue if that's a word, but theorized with Yuri is that the pause, maybe skip one start, have the all-star break or maybe two starts in the all-star break, come back, let an opener throw an inning or two. Yuri comes in, throws three or four. That way you get to that sixth inning. You can control his innings limit a little bit, but you can't push this kid too far past, you know, the next 10 years are more important than the second half of this season. Correct. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We were talking off, you know, before we started recording a, how he's already hit the limit, like the same number of innings he's previously done. Apologize for any background noise. The garbage guys just showed up. Um, so, you know, we've, we've talked before how you normally only want to see pitchers stretched about 30 to 35 innings from the previous year, like max. And with a guy this young, like another thing we pointed out, speaking of the College World Series, the top three projected picks in the college, in, in the MLB draft are all playing in the College World Series right, between Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, and Wyatt Lankford, the outfielder for Florida. All of them are at least a year older in terms of, like, age and number of days than Yuri Perez is right now, uh, which is ridiculous. So I agree. Now, the fact that the Marlins are in the middle of the playoff hunt in the NL certainly has thrown a wrench into this plan of resting him. But I'm with you. I think there's there's creative ways they could do it. I don't think they're going to move him to the bullpen. First of all, they need the help in the rotation. Second of all, if you have him as an opener, or sorry, the bulk guy, he only has to really pitch a couple innings and then qualify for the win, essentially, at that point. So if you want to help him with wins and and whatnot, you can do that. But in terms of fantasy managers, it's going to be a little dicey going down the stretch to count on a guy who currently has like a 1.34 ERA and 21 scoreless inning streak going at the moment and in terms of him i mean in his current workload i mean i think it's fair to say he's an sp2 right now right with the way he's yep. been performing eras low he's getting a couple wins here and there and well over a strikeout per is it well over a strikeout per inning in the majors i'm looking at his minors yeah 54 through 47 innings so the strikeouts are there in the majors but if he comes into this opener say he goes three or four innings 
is there enough on the tree there for him for fantasy managers to get you know four innings, two hits, one earned run, five strikeouts? It's still good, and yeah. if, as long well, as you get only, that win, you're okay. So the only downside to that is if you're in a league that has an innings minimum, that kind of stings, right? Like my home league has an innings minimum for the whole year, so that you can't just you know stack your. Um, your pitching staff with relievers and just beat the bejesus out of ERA and whip and ratios and, and whatnot. And so that's the only way that really hurts. Cause he can still get a win. If he comes in as a bolt guy, he's still going to get the ERA. He's still going to get the whip. He's still going to get strikeouts. So the only downside is you're probably only getting another what 40 innings tops from him the rest of the way which out if he goes five innings per start that's eight starts that's not going to make him the rest of the way yeah and even if he drops down to the bulk guy and he does say four innings just for the sake of math with the 40 innings and he only does once a week that gets you 10 weeks and that's two and a quarter months yeah so let me ask you this quick i'm in a uh long-running fantasy baseball points league where you your starting pitcher slots have to be players that start the game. They cannot come in the second or third inning and get you those points. They have to start the game. How screwed am I with Yuri Perez if he becomes this bulk guy? You don't get points for relievers? Uh, you can, but at this point, Yuri doesn't have relief eligibility because all he's done is start. So how many games does it take to get relief eligibility? I think it's ESPN, so I think it's like I think it's five in season. So you're going to miss some time then probably. Now, fortunately, it is a keeper, so I can have him. So I'm just, it kind of hurts for this year. You'd be fine. It would hurt you down the stretch here this year. Yeah, that is one thing. So we'll have to see what kind of happens with Yuri Perez. It'll be very interesting how the Marlins handle it. And all I can ask for as a fantasy manager is that whatever the plan is, it's communicated in advance. None of this, you know, we're going to keep it behind closed doors. You can for a while. I get it. You know, it's a business. I get it. Or what the Rays did with Taj Bradley. Yeah. He needs to go on a five-man schedule and then – kind of whatever injuries yeah. popped up. He, we got to send him back to the minors because he needs to learn how to pitch as a not starter. Because if I'm not mistaken, in the minors, he started every game. 44 games, 44 starts. He needs Never some had a BFB work, so we're going to send him back to the minors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one other prospect decision that was made, Orioles brought up Jordan Westberg. I don't know if he'll be the everyday shortstop, but he does have experience at multiple different positions. So you got to think he's playing damn near every day of the week regardless of whether it's at short second third first wherever he is going to be in the lineup what can fantasy managers expect from him uh well you're not going to expect what his triple a numbers were because the guy was on absolute fire this year in triple a i've been campaigning for him and to be honest colton Kowser to be called up by the o's for wait are are you saying that when a guy rakes in triple a and they come up to the big leagues they're not automatically guaranteed no, I mean some dudes. Some dudes do. Obviously, Eli De La Cruz didn't miss a miss a beat. Neither did uh, Jordan Walker. Although the Cardinals apparently were not impressed. Um, so the O's look. If if you're looking for a guy who's going to absolutely put up huge numbers, I'm not sure that that's necessarily Jordan Westbrook or Westberg. If you're looking for a solid contributor, that's him. Okay. Now, going forward maybe starting next year or a little bit into this run with the O's, does he profile as a pretty nice offensive bat? Yes. 
He's got a very good hit tool. He's got pop. He's got some average speed. He can be a little bit of everything for you, and he plays a lot of different spots. So the multi-positional thing is going to be a huge benefit for him. It'll keep him in the lineup most days because their middle infield is okay right now. It's not it's not great, to be honest. Um, so that'll, that'll help him. Is he going to hit like, uh, you know, is he going to hit over 300? No, don't think so. Is he going to show up and hit 20 bombs over the next two months? No, don't think so. Can he help you in a short position? Yes. What will be interesting too for maybe even shallower leagues, like he's talked about, we've both talked about, he can play anywhere. I'm looking at his minor league numbers this year on this screen over here. Six starts at second, 18 starts at third, 33 starts at short, one start in left, five starts in right. There is a very real chance, you know, fast forward in the future, they're giving him regular at bats three ish weeks from now. He may be short and second eligible, short second yeah. and third eligible because he's already coming up with short. So he already has that. Like I'm looking at ESPN, he's got shortstop already. But I mean, in shallower leagues with the type of potential that he has, if he can tap into that sooner rather than later with multi-positional eligibility, that's going to be very appealing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, overall, his tools are pretty solid in general. Are we going to see them all right now? No, don't think so. Um, you know, sorry to sorry to kill you there, people, but, you know, it's, it's not common for prospects to show up and just flat out dominate that's just not what is is standard right um so i think overall you're looking at a pretty solid contributor in the middle infield for him i mean he is the o's number three prospect in some rankings i have him as the o's number three prospect in my rankings um in general i think he probably profiles as a 20 to 25 home run guy probably 15 to 20 steals when all is said and done and probably about a 270 batting average total. Fantasy managers can take that. And Matt, we always talk about some injuries and over at fantasyalarm.com, the incomparable Justin Fensterman, Fensty, as he goes by, uh, does a lot with injury report there, does a great job with that article. So everything you need is there, but just a couple of things we want to talk about. Uh, I loved your tweet talking about Aaron Judge in terms of his toe that was a sprain or a strain or whatever word they're using for it and technically it is still a tear of some sorts even if it is minor but he did come out addressed it as a ligament tear still no timetable has your outlook on Aaron Judge really changed that much with this news where now they've just flat out said tear instead of sprain or whatever terminology they were using I think so and it's like I don't want to be counterintuitive to what my tweet was which is yes Technically, he's been diagnosed with a sprain the entire time, and a sprain is a tear of some degree based on the grade of the strength, the, the sprain, right? Higher grade, more severe tear. Some of them require surgery to fix. Some of them can heal on their own. We talked a couple of weeks ago how we already had two PRP injections, and we were concerned with that because if you go past one, it means the first one didn't do what it was supposed to do, and now you're lengthening the timeline. The concerning part to me is that he came out and said that it was torn, which to me means either it's a higher grade sprain or the Yankees were trying to cover it up, right? And he also said he has no timetable. For a player to come out and say, I have no timetable, indicates to me that he's more severely hurt 
than the Yankees were trying to lead on. Okay. And MLB Network, they were running pieces about, oh, he might be out until at least late August. He might be out for the season. Nobody has a clue right now, to be perfectly honest. If Aaron Judge tells you he doesn't have a timeline and it's his toe, why does anybody else think they know what's going on with him? Is it more severe than we thought? Yeah, it certainly is. Does it look like it may be a season-ending thing? Maybe, right? Because... I'm not sure that the Yankees feel comfortable with putting him at the DH spot and putting Stanton in right field and just letting Judge try to pain manage this. Because I think it's severe enough that he can't hold his base, which means his his power's not that, right. If he can't get into his, his trunk, as they say, the torso, mm-hmm. the legs that Aaron Boone is so in love with, um, his... his doesn't matter what his arms are doing, the bat speed is doing, he's going to not have a lot of power. So I am um, more concerned now than I was previously, yes. Yep, I think that's the the right way to handle it. And honestly, you know, like you said, it's his toe, no better source than himself. He's the one routinely talking with the doctors who are seeing it. It's it's interesting because when you hear players that are like, oh yeah, I'm good, I'll be back out there in a couple of days, we take that with a grain of salt because the medical team and the athletic right. trainers and the sports medicine folks have to be involved. So we don't want to overreact to that too much. And then I'm also trying to think, well, with him saying I have no timetable, trying not to overreact to that too much because he may be he may be being told, like, hey, just kind of keep it ho-hum for now. That way when you come back sooner, you know, it's, oh. I mean, it's a possibility. A but, but the Yankees were also saying, oh, it's just a sprain. It's okay. Like, it's not right. so bad. And then for him to come out and say, no, it's straight up torn. If it's severely torn, ligaments don't regrow themselves. That's why you have to surgically repair them, right? Like, if you partially tear a ligament, it can kind of sort of start to heal on its own. If you do more than that, you have to surgically repair it, right? Tendons can, you know, cut, you know, tendons are a little different, but ligaments, like, I, I don't know. He was also saying, like, last week, it still hurt for him to walk. That's a problem. Yep. If you can't walk, you can't swing. That's what they always say. They never said that. I made that up, but we're going to. No, but I mean, it's true. (laughs) Like, I mean, if you get pain when you're just walking, imagine trying to torque off of it and generate enough speed to hit a 95 plus mile an hour fastball and breaking pitches that are ungodly. It's, it's not great. I mean, how dare, how, I mean, how, if, if his toes hurting, how can he, you know, lay off those sliders low and away that he seems to always swing out over the top anyway. I well, I guess the good news is he can't dive out, right? Because he can't balance on the toe, so he can't dive out. So that gives yeah. that benefit. And then in Minnesota, Byron Buxton left early, I believe it was on Saturday's game, with back spasms that the team has said have been bothering him throughout the season. I guess he's been managing it. He was out of the lineup on Sunday. If he's been managing it all season, there could be a case where they just say, hey, take – Take 10 days. Let's try to get it right and come back. But also they don't seem, you know, the all-star break is somewhat around the corner. Maybe they can buy the time and use that as the break. Do you really see an IL stint for Bucks in here? Or is it just going to be a couple days and we see him back? I think it'll be a few days off play, a few days off play. Like they have Michael A. Taylor, right? They got him to fill in defensively in center field for him. They do have some bats they can plug into DH uh, if they – you know, so choose. 
is not great, but then again, like this is the least of the injuries we've been dealing with with Byron Buxton over his entire career, right? Aside from maybe the cracked tooth that he somehow got while sleeping last year or something. Um, no, it was eating because someone was out to get him and they served him an overcooked steak. <laughs> I remember this explicitly. <laughs> um, on purpose, I believe it. So, I mean, you know, back spasms are one of those tricky things where you're not entirely sure what triggers them. Um, they could just go away as fast as they start. They could linger. Like Victor Robles has been out for like six weeks now with, or more than six weeks with back spasms, right? He went out for basically the entirety of May, came back for three games in June, and then went back on the IL. Is this that? I don't think so. But it is Byron Buxton, so who who knows? <laughs> and looking at it here, when you look at the Twins' schedule, I mean, they got this three-game with Atlanta here this week, and then they come with a three-game with Baltimore, three with Kansas City, and then three more with Baltimore, then four days for the All-Star break. So in theory, they could put him on the IL, you know, let him see if he can play these next couple of days. If he can't, he misses those three, put him on the 10-day IL that basically buys you right up to the All-Star break. And then he gets four free days built in. Yeah, let's also be honest that even if they put him on the shelf, it's not like they're losing ground in that division because the entire division is terrible. And their strikeout rate will still remain incredibly high with or without Correct. him in the lineup. So that doesn't really matter. Maybe, but... just maybe they should have had a guy like Luis Arise at the top of their lineup to, uh, maybe. to help him out. Maybe, but fantasy managers seem to have escaped an a injury with Shane McClanahan. And actually, assuming all goes well, fantasy managers should actually be excited because instead of facing Arizona, he gets to face a strikeout-prone Seattle lineup. I so mean, if he's Lance able to Lynn come back Friday. Up, yeah, Lance Lynn put up 16 strikeouts against the Seattle lineup. So what is Shane McClanahan going to do? Assuming if, he, if he's healthy, yes, you're starting him Friday and be yeah. grateful it's against Seattle. Yep. So we'll see what happens with him. But Matt, it's a Monday as we record this. Maybe Tuesday when you're listening to it, depend when it gets out there. But it's time for a little flavor of the week or food for thought, however you want to kind of name this one here this week. So I'll go ahead and go first with my – food for thought for the week. And when you see it, there's a lot of fads in the food world. You know what I'm talking about? Like whether it's diets, this diet's good, this diet's bad. Now this one's outdated. Here's the new one. And even we see it with cooking trends. Remember when the Instapot came out? It's awesome. But then it got replaced by the air fryer. And there's all these other things that come out that people don't necessarily like, or they don't work, or they're not good. Same with diets. You know, everyone's got a different argument. With prospects in Major League Baseball, I, I already said it earlier, it was a bit of a foreshadow, a bit of a tease. The new shiny thing is not guaranteed to be the best. It may not continue. Like in testing, everything might go well. And then they come to the big league. It doesn't happen. It's a different ballgame. Once you start getting in the hands of customers with new food things, sure, everybody in-house is going to say it's good. No one's going to talk about the flaws. Then it gets up there, and then you get people like you and I who are going to use them, I'll point out the flaws. I'll see what I don't like. Do I have an Instapot? Sure. Have I used it in a little bit? Mm, not quite. You know, there's just a lot of different things that go into it. And same with diets. Like one, one week, this diet's the best. The next week, this is the best. And everyone's got differing opinions and everything. So just because there's a shiny new toy on the market, aka a prospect in your waiver wire or in your free agency pool, they are not guaranteed to be the next big thing. It doesn't always happen. For every Ellie De La Cruz, you're going to have a Brett Beatty. Remember when he came up? He was raking in AAA, and he's been a little, I don't want to say disappointing, but I'll say underwhelming. It's been a little underwhelming for him. Remember Mark Vientos? Remember him? 
Remember any Mets prospect or anybody on the Mets team this year beyond just prospects? It's it's not a guarantee. That's How about all former Met Jared Kalenic? Yeah, it's just <laughs> it is it's not a guarantee. That's all I'm saying. The new shiny thing is not guaranteed to take the market by storm. That's my flavor of the week. Matt, what is yours? My flavor of the week is going to go off of what I uh, made on my lovely grill on Friday, which was s'mores. Right? Ooh. We all love we all love s'mores, but let's deconstruct the s'more for for a minute. Right? Sometimes the sum of the parts is better than the parts themselves. Right? Like graham crackers, pretty decent, not bad, but like how many times do you just sit there and just eat graham cracker by itself? Usually, you're you know, crumbling it up, putting it in ice cream, or you're putting it on a s'more or putting something on it, right? Marshmallows. Now, my wife would disagree, but she would sit there and eat like a whole bag of marshmallows. But generally speaking, you're putting marshmallow on something or you're melting it, right? Um, chocolate. Clearly, we can all eat some Hershey's bar, but that's about the only one that you can eat by itself without having to mix it together. Baseball in real life and fantasy baseball teams are about melding things together so you get a bigger sum than the parts should equal, right? When you're building your fantasy baseball teams and you're thinking about who to pick up on the waiver wire or who to trade, it's not just about getting the names, right? It's about what do I need, what makes my team better, what helps gel it together so that we can excel as a group, right? Sometimes you need some guys to bring batting average. Batting average isn't sexy by itself, just like graham crackers aren't sexy by themselves. They're needed, right? You need people with batting average. Home runs, sexy. Chocolate bars, you can deal with it by yourself, but if you have nothing around it, you're just eating plain chocolate and your life could be better, right? The multi-positional guys, the steals guys, the run producers, those are the gels of your team. That's how your team gets better and sticks all together and you can make it all fit. That's the marshmallow. So that's my flavor of the week. You got to You got to think these things through when you're building your teams. It also goes for fantasy football too, because we're, we're transitioning to fantasy football season. We have fantasy football draft guide out right now. Um, you got to think that through with fantasy football too. So, you know, it, it's not just about all of the big names, all the brand name guys. It's about how they fit together. I couldn't agree more. If you have spores and you already have the graham, cro- graham crackers and the marshmallows, you're not going to go to the store and pick up Frosted Flakes. Correct. You need the chocolate. So I, I couldn't agree more. And Matt, it is time for everybody's favorite game show. We only got a couple minutes left. We're going to have to go through it a bit quick, quickly here. But it's time for Name That Player. So, Matt, I have two here for you, but I want to make sure we have enough time to at least get into one at least for a minute or two here. So do you want player one or player two? Let's go player one. All right, player one. So through May, I was hitting just 174 with a strikeout rate near 24% and 45 WRC+. plus. However, I've turned things around in June, hitting 350, cut my strikeout rate almost in half down to 14%, and my WRC plus is up to 154. I am hitting a ton of ground balls, which isn't ideal, but my hard hit rate is up to 42%, not using much of the opposite field. In June, I've hit lefties at a 375 clip, which was a big problem for me last year, and a big reason why I made the top fantasy base bus article in the fantasy alarm fantasy baseball draft guide this season when i hit them at just a 238 clip with a 30 percent strikeout rate in 2022 so matt who is this nl east outfielder 
So you and I, I believe, split the busts article. I believe that there were two outfielders in that article. I had mm-hmm. one of them, Jake McCarthy, which I was right about, by the way. And it appears you were right about the other one, and it's Michael Harris. At least to start. To start the year, everything was looking good. Now, let me ask yeah. you this. Is this the turning around point for Harris's 2023 season? Or are there still issues that you have some concerns about? I think it's the turning around. I think somebody got to him and said, look, you've signed the long-term deal. You're up here. You're our everyday center fielder. You don't have to carry this offense. We've got guys named Ronald Acuna and Ozzie Albies and Matt Olson and Sean Murphy uh, that can help you. So just chill and do what you do. That's why we signed you. You'll be fine. And don't worry about him hitting ninth. It's actually not a bad spot to be. We've talked about it many times. That's the second leadoff hitter. This means when he gets on base, Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, Matt Olson are not far behind. It's a very, very good spot to be in. So, Matt, I think we're, we're in agreement here that this is the turning point for him. But fantasy managers should not expect the 2022 version Harris from here on forward. It's going to be he's not as bad as he was to start the year but he's not as good the rest of the way as he was in 2022. Right. His floor is not as low and his ceiling is not as high. Yep. Doesn't mean he's not good. Just means he's solid. Yep. I agree. And what we will do for that second name, the players, we're going to save that for next week. So I'm going to give a quick tease for everyone out there so you can get your guesses in a while. It's an AL West starting pitcher who has seen his strikeout rate drop nearly 11 percentage points this season compared to last year, despite not really changing up his pitch mix too much. So that's a little teaser to next week's name that player. And you'll get that in the first edition of next week's podcast. But of course, like, and subscribe this like this pod, subscribe this pod at fantasyalarm.com and check out all the great content at fantasyalarm.com as well as BSN. A lot of great stuff happening there. So make sure you check that out over at fantasyalarm.com as well as all that great information. Go check out the fantasy alarm, fantasy football draft guide. It is out. Get ready. Drafts are coming. It is that time. So for Matt Sells at the Sellsman on Twitter, I'm Colby Conway at Colby R. Conway on Twitter, and we will see you later this week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast.